Hello, friends. Welcome to Under the Influence, a segment of the Portal podcast that is directly reflective of what you will be able to consume in the Portal app when it is available. This week, as we explore the current collective transits, we are going to be dancing with some big archetypal themes. But before we get into the juice, let's make sure it's worth the squeeze. Specifically, let's make sure we're squeezing the juice in a way that's conducive to really understanding why the juice is worth it in the first place. So whenever we talk about transits, planetary transits, we, you know, get some eye rolls. I eye roll sometimes. Oh, it's Mercury retrograde and that's why I missed the meeting with no explanation. Oops. Yeah. Well, okay. (laughs) Let's take a step back. Let's not look at the planetary influence as causal. Let's look at it as influence. Imagine a beat turns on. That beat's going to make you move different should you choose to listen to it and be receptive to it. A big theme for this week. Receptivity. That beat's going to make you move different than one like boom. Boom, boom, boom. Now, imagine that there are beats playing, rhythms that you can't hear, but that influence you. We might refer to these as frequencies or vibrations or oscillations. When you're listening to Under the Influence, that's what we're referring to. We're referring to the subtle vibrations, oscillations, rhythms, frequencies that we can't actually hear, but that all the time, should you choose to perceive it this way, we're dancing to. So as you listen to Under the Influence, please perceive it as that, not as a causal thing. Oh, Mercury in this gate's making me do this. No, 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 no. Nothing's making you do anything. But as we all live in this beautiful, highly nuanced, complex web of interconnectedness, field of synergy, of ripple effect, of maybe causal relationship or just correlation, you can start to perceive the influence of the planetary transits through the lens of their archetypes and the energies of those archetypes and the frequencies, the boom, 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 of the planets as something that you are subtly dancing to. And as we know, there's no right or wrong way to dance. You're simply inspired to move in a certain way, in a certain pattern, to a certain rhythm or not. And so as you tune in weekly to Under the Influence, We invite you to perceive what we are sharing in just that way, as a subtle influence that maybe colors how you dance through the world, as a small yet profound part of an entire interconnected system. Now, what we're going to be looking at this week, the week of September 4th through the 10th, are some major themes of receptivity, creativity, logic, how we communicate, what we're focused on, and what we're learning. 
Okay. So last week we walked through all of the planets, but what we did not touch on are the nodes. Now the nodes are theoretical points of the moon and they give us a sort of storyline, the South and North node. The South node is often referred to as the tail of the dragon and the North node as the head of the dragon. The South node, the way from which we are coming and the North node to which we are heading. So we're going to start with the nodes this week. Why? Because just like we laid out, hey, the earth is the stage and the sun is the spotlight, the spotlight that shines on the stage that kind of brings our attention to something that illuminates something. Great. Now let's pull back even farther and let's start with looking at the nodes, the storyline that we're watching on the earth. So let's start with the storyline. And this week, actually for more than this week, and of course last week too, the nodes, the nodes, excuse me, don't move as fast as the sun and earth. They move slower for sure, quite slower. And right now what we're interfacing with collectively through the south and north nodes are themes of creativity and receptivity. Now these are gates that both live in the G center. So if you're orienting yourself to themes of the gate one, the creative, and the gate two, the receptive, what you're looking at here are gates that live in the G, gates that are all about identity, who am I, love, how do I receive love and give love, identity, love, and direction, my trajectory, our trajectory, your trajectory. The G center is the self-center. It is highly personal. And as we'll cover, anything that's personal, anything that is self implies other, right? So let's look at this. We've got the South node transiting the gate one, the gate of the creative. This is creative as a creativity, creation, creative energy as a primal force. Now in human design, we refer to this gate as the unique expression of the self. And us with our logical brains say, oh yes, one, one comes before two and two after one. And so here we are, the south node, the gate one, we've got to master the energy of the gate one before we move into the gate two, right? Logically, chronologically, (laughs) the gate two being the unique direction of the self, the receptive. So here we get expression and direction, expression and direction. Expression feels very, very, very individual, right? It's it's my expression. And direction feels a little bit more like it implies an environment, a trajectory, a way in which we're moving. Now, yes, we are trained to think of the one coming before the two. The creative is a young energy, an energy that serves yin. Yin of the earth, the gate to, if we were looking at the hexagram, it's earth on top of earth. Think about when, you know, we, we think about earth, we think of the mother, we think of matter, we think of receptivity, of yin. And so this creative energy, the gate one, actually serves the gate two. And so what we're going to do is actually start by looking at where the north node is. We're actually going to start with the gate two. Because in order to really understand the magnitude and the action and the expression of the gate one, it's best to start with the gate two. Now, if you're not familiar with the I Ching, these two hexagrams are intimately connected. 
And so let's start by looking at where we're heading, our trajectory, the North Node, that which we are being pulled toward. This is the North Node is sitting in the gate too, the gate of the receptive, the gate of the direction, the unique direction of the self. And this is a yin or feminine centric energy. It's an energy that asks us to see God in matter. It's an energy that asks us to see the unification of all things, the interconnectedness. But what we might need to see first is that our perception drives how we perceive everything. Our perception drives our frequency. Our perception drives our awareness. And our awareness is changing right now, right? We've got Uranus sitting (laughs) in this gate as well. Well, it will be by the end of the week, and it was previously. Right now, as a collective, we're in review. There's an immense amount of planets in retrograde right now. And retrograde is nothing to fear. It's a review. We're going back over, you know, we're going back over what we've learned. If you think of retrograde as, you know, when people say, oh, you know, two steps forward, one step back. That's retrograde. It's the one step back. And right now, in this moment, we have Jupiter, the planet of expansion, Saturn, the planet of boundaries, structure, discernment, retrograde. We've got Uranus, the chain breaker, freedom, the impulse for, you know, creativity that's genius and strange, retrograde. We've got Neptune, the planet of dreams and illusion and projection, retrograde. Chiron's retrograde. And by the end of the week, Mercury will be too. So again, not a time to fear, but a time to be vigilant. A time to go, yeah, you know, I <laughs> I want to be receptive to the lessons that are in review for me so that I can see how much progress I've made. If we're talking about, you know, progress, it doesn't have to be quantifiable, but how did you approach this energy, this review, this lesson, this test, this circumstance, this experience different now, and how will you approach it different based on what you've learned over the last couple of years? This to me feels like a precipice of next iterations. And before we move on to next iterations, it's good to review the material. It's good to review the material that's going to be the foundation for the next iteration. So we're all on the same page. Yes, we're looking at this gate in which the North Node is sitting. Now, this gate too, the receptive or the unique direction of the self, is actually a gate that coaxes us. It's a Taurus-ruled gate. It coaxes us toward higher self. But higher self isn't something that we just try for and force. It's energetic alignment. And what drives that energetic alignment is often perception. And depending on our perception, we feel oriented or not, right? The higher self is always oriented. It's always oriented to what we talked about opening this podcast. It's that feeling of, hey, I am a part of the whole. I live in a beautiful cosmic sea. I live in an earth body in which my consciousness gets to have this experience. It feels oriented to the whole. And it is the self the higher self, that can feel its uniqueness and yet at the same time see how that uniqueness has been colored by its environment, colored by its trajectory, colored by the storyline, 
right? It can feel its uniqueness and yet it can say, hey, my uniqueness implies the experience of others, of the other, of the environment from which I came. And this is where we really start talking about perception and frequency because sometimes when we feel cut off from or removed from our environment, be it the literal physical world, our community, spirit, whatever it is that we are you know, sometimes oscillating between feeling a part of and not, when we feel cut off from this, when we feel removed, we get disoriented. When we feel removed, we lose trust in the perfection of every action and its causal consequence, right? We start going, oh yeah, no, just my actions impact me and that's it. And we forget the butterfly effect. We forget the ripple. When we become disoriented, we lose trust. And when we lose trust, we're sitting in the shadow state of that yin-centric gate of the receptive. We are no longer receptive. Why? Because when we lose trust, we become overtaken by fear. Think about when you've ever become disoriented. You're on a hike. You're really receptive to the environment. You're breathing in the scent of the pine trees of the forest. You're feeling the sun kind of ripple through the trees on your skin and feeling the softness of the ground and you're breathing it all in and you're feeling your heartbeat and you're noticing the trickle of sweat that moves over your face. And then all of a sudden, you're like, holy shit, where am I? And very quickly, that open, relaxed energy shifts. Your frequency changes. Your heartbeat starts pounding, your vision starts narrowing. You get this hypervigilant feeling. Your breath maybe shallows a little bit. You start looking around quickly. Fear activates fight or flight response. This is part of what's kept us alive. Yeah. So, okay, it's not bad. We don't want to demonize it. But what we can see in the gate too is that, quite frankly, lack of trust and feeling of fear and the biochemical state that fear ripples through us, which we would call fight or flight or sympathetic nervous system activation, it takes us out of receptivity and puts us into survival mode. And survival mode often feels isolated, disjointed, removed, hypervigilant, dislocated, you know, disconnected. Because it has to be. It's got to go, hey, I got to make sure I'm alive. And we don't want to demonize that. We don't want to say that's bad. But if this is the state that we're sitting in collectively as a whole, it's not going to do us very much good. So this north node, south node dynamic, which we'll go back to the south node in the gate one. But first, we really want to see this, this north node in the gate two. The energy that we're being called toward is please reorient yourself to the whole. See the goddamn big picture, please, for the love of God. Not so that you can be some perfect spiritual person, but so that you can be in the frequency of trust. Can you allow yourself to move back into the frequency of trust? Because if we can, then we move back into the biological state of tend and befriend, rest and digest. We become receptive again. Parasympathetic nervous system activation. And so we can start to see this metaphor. We can start to see this energetic and this physicality, right? For example, just as food is an amalgamation of information, water, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, just as food is a collection of information that our bodies can use to create biological life 
if we consume that food in a calm, rest and digest, parasympathetic nervous system dominant state, right? Where our bodies don't feel fear. We're sitting back. We're having a good time with our friends, with our family. We're eating food. We can breathe deep and we're relaxed. And our body goes, wow, thank you. I can send blood to the gut and I can absorb all of the information in this food. And I can use that information to create, to create neurotransmitters, to create connective tissue, to create your skin, your muscles, your hormones, right? This is the perfect metaphor for what we're talking about here. We need to be in rest and digest to use the food that we're consuming from our environment. Just like life needs us to be in the metaphorical rest and digest state, the state of receptivity, so that we can receive the information from our environment. And not only does that information remind us that, that, that we are not alone, that we are not isolated, that we are connected to a bigger whole, a whole that we are a unique and beautiful and profound part of, but that is not just about us. So too, does the information we consume when we are in receptivity become the creative, gate one, fodder for our existence and for our evolution? The receptive state is calm enough to not only be receptive to the information at hand, but grounded enough to metaphorically digest and absorb said into information. And when we can digest and absorb information, we can integrate information. And when we can integrate information, we have the building blocks from which we will create. Ah, I just took that in. I had this experience. I was present. It enriched my life. And now we return to the energy of the South Node. So let's just distill this for a second. Or what I should say is we return to the energy of the creative. Let's distill this. We need the receptive. We actually need to start with the feminine, the yin, because yang, the masculine, serves the feminine. They work together. It is an energetic dynamic, right? The information we're taking in in a receptive state is what we will create from. So if we're not receptive and we're in fear state and we're not trusting and we're not surrendered to the whole, We are so myopic. We're so closed. We're so focused on surviving that the space from which we create is either not at all or fear, fear frequency. And again, let's not demonize fear because it's kept us alive. But as I said at the beginning, we are on the precipice of an immensely significant awareness shift. Think about the last couple of years and the amount of fear we have collectively been immersed in. And just for a moment here, reflect on how that's felt in your physical being and reflect on how that physical biochemical state has impacted your ability to see the world and your receptivity to the world and how maybe that fear made you close off or close your heart or not feel like you could create because you were stuck in a mode of survival okay so north node the way we are heading is let's be receptive let's start with this yin energy of the earth of receptivity again this is a taurus energy now let's return to the south node the creative 
The south node is sitting in that gate one, the yang energy that serves the yin. And so can you see now how the yang organically supports and serves the yin in this receptive creative storyline? The creative primal energy is, yes, creation for the sake of creation. But that creative energy requires something to work with. That creative energy requires the building blocks gathered from the receptive energy in order to have its material, its prime material that it's going to create with and from. And if that prime material goes missing, if there's no material to infuse with the spirit of creation, then we get a little bit wonky. We get a little wobbly. We get disoriented. This is why we looked at fear regarding the storyline of the nodes because oh my gosh, you want me to create, but you're not giving me anything to create with? Ooh, that feels like lack. That feels like fear. I'm not really supposed to, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. So as the nodes draw the storyline of the creative and the receptive, it's a really good time to shift. And how we can shift, if we hope to shift, it's a perception shift. It's a reorientation in our direction and in our trajectory and in how we perceive love and how we perceive our identity. And if we hope to shift our perception from fear to trust, then we must engage with understanding, understanding that self implies other, just as receptivity implies creativity. And creativity implies that you are receptive. And so from this place of understanding, we can really begin to or continue to rise above the fear biochemistries and change our frequencies, right? Rise above the fear biochemistries and the resulting frequencies. And instead of focusing on that kind of isolated blinders on feeling or frequency, we can shift into seeing the relationship between all things. And so if you find yourself at this time kind of oscillating between, oh, I'm feeling stuck because I'm so focused on myself and my survival that I I just feel stuck. I can't do anything. I don't know what to do. If you notice that, now is a phenomenal time to see how you reflect your environment and how your environment reflects you and see how you influence your environment and how you are influenced by your environment. And how you can very easily do this is to tune into synchronicity, tune into the cosmic winks that allow you to feel the vibration of the field of life. You know, you're, you are stargazing and all of a sudden, whoosh, shooting star. And you're like, damn, wow. Was that a coincidence? Maybe. Or was it a wink from the universe? Maybe. Can I feel the interconnectedness of the fact that I got to see that? Statistically, what are the chances? Okay, so really tuning in. Tuning in. Tuning in to the whole picture. Tuning into the frequency of rest and digest. Tend and befriend. The frequency of, I am not in this alone, we are not in this alone, and yet we are all unique players. Okay, receptivity is what feeds creativity. 
and they both need each other. The one does not come before the two per se, but is made up of each other. So this week, as we transition here from looking at, okay, our storyline is the storyline of how do creativity and receptivity tonify each other. We're also going to be, as we turn our attention to the planets, we're going to be interfacing with themes of inspiration. Now, why am I saying this? Well, the sun is going to be moving from the gate 40, again, the Virgoan gate 40, which we talked about last week, the gate of aloneness, which is again, a part of a whole gate, right? This is a tribal circuitry gate. And as the sun transits through Virgo, we're shifting, you know, we've already covered themes of sexuality in the gate 59 and dispersion, sexuality literally, or sexuality like creative energy and dispersion of creative ideas. Then we shifted into the gate of aloneness. How do I provide resources for myself and also for my team, my community, my family, my tribe, my environment. And now we're shifting away from tribal circuitry and defense circuitry into this gate 64. This is a head center gate. Now the head center, of course, as you know, is the center that kind of represents the crown chakra. It is the center in which we interface with the divine. And this gate 64 is a gate of confusion. Now, everyone who hears this gate name always goes, oh, great. So we're going to all be confused this week. I would love for us to reframe how we perceive confusion. Confusion is an entry point that can get us to open our minds and to move toward imagination. Confusion is the beginning of a download. You remember back in the day you're sitting in class and your high school professor starts talking about moles in chemistry and you're like, a mole? The fuck is a mole? And then as you learn more, as you ask questions and collect information, it all starts to become a little bit more clear. Oh, this is a measurement. Okay, I get it. We're not talking about little cute creatures that stick their head up from the ground and waddle around close to the the earth. No, we're talking about a measurement of something. Okay. So confusion is a starting point. It's not an end point. And that's what this gate really wants to bring our attention to. This gate wants us to ask questions. It wants us to stimulate inspiration through the art form of asking questions. I'm feeling confused about this. Is anybody else? Hey, here's what I'm feeling confused about. And I'm wondering if you've noticed X, Y, Z thing. Talib Kweli. It's the questions. It's the questions. Questions are kind of like wine for the mind. They provoke us to move toward other states that we can connect with new perceptions and perspectives and awareness. Now, right across from this Virgoan gate, the earth sits in the gate 63, the gate of Pisces ruled doubt. Now, once again, let's just zoom out here so we can see what's happening. The gate 64 is a sensing circuitry gate. This is a little bit more of a creative brain gate, right? It, it arrives at the answer, but if you asked for the formula, it'd be like, I don't have a formula. I just know. On the flip side, the gate 63, the gate of doubt is a logical gate. It will have a formula. 
if it has the whole channel, but right now we're looking at the gate specifically. And again, this is doubt as a starting point. This is the skepticism that drives the scientific process, that drives experimentation. This is doubt from which we can inquire and maybe arrive at truth. Now, inquiry is what? It's asking of questions. And so you can really start to see here where these themes of inspiration come in. You don't need to know the answer to questions. You just need to ask them. And whether you're asking them of yourself or the whole doesn't really matter. If you can ask a question and hold in your awareness that question, chances are you might get some cosmic winks that help you to arrive at a truth. So if you're noticing yourself pressurized to find answers to questions, take a deep breath. And remember here, the point is not to arrive at a definitive answer. The point is to inspire new perceptions, perspectives, etc. that often drive creativity, connectiveness, right? These gates are collective question answers. And what I mean by collective question answers is collectively, those of us with the gate 63 and 64 are here to ask questions and then receive from others the answer as a means of stimulating the collective. So if we have this storyline of receptivity and creativity and how they are really reliant on each other, and then we, we kind of add to that the fact that the sun is illuminating this question-asking gate and the earth is moving through another question-asking gate, you can see how really now is not the time to land on definitives. Now is the time to be inspired. Now is the time to be receptive to new ways of thinking, to change your perception, to shift, to allow yourself to shift. And that shift is going to look different for everybody. We all dance differently, right? Now the focus, if we were going to say, you know, we're in this program, we're in this, we're watching this program, we're consuming this program, we're in it, we're actors in it. The focus of the program is going to start off focused on this creative energy brought from experiential wisdom regarding our people, right? As we already talked about the very end of this week, we're moving from the gate 40 and the gate 37, where the sun and earth are respectively transiting into the gate 64 and the 63. The former were relationship, family, tribal, community circuitries. Okay, then we get Venus kind of doing a similar dance. It's moving from the gate 29, which is, um, we'll get into it, into it later, but the, uh, a sensing circuitry gate into the gate 59, right? Venus is moving from Leo to Virgo and Virgo is, you know, the first gate of the Virgoan Archetypes is the gate 59, the gate of sexuality or dispersion. So our, our shifts that are happening are moving us into a deeper focus on the ways in which we bond. And if we're looking at influence here, we can really see that influence is always a two-way street. Maybe even it's a roundabout. None of us are impervious to influence. Now, we are absolutely able to choose who and what influences us. But sometimes we don't even know when we are under 
said influence. Just as sexually we disperse our seed in hopes of reproduction, in community, in relationship, we may disperse our creative ideas, our creative seeds. And they may be taken in by others or not. So in this tribal defense circuitry, in which the 59 is a part of, there is no identity. There's no hyper-individuality. So again, can we look at how to soften into the beauty of the influences that we have on each other and how that influence is actually a shared resource. It's creative energy. And then we can pull back to the creative and the receptive and those themes that really kind of mirror in a unique way what we're talking about here. And how influence is a way of bonding. Creativity is a way of bonding, a way of dissolving boundaries or barriers between us and creating a sense of oneness where my oneness is going to be very different than what you bring to the oneness. And they're all beautiful and they are all perfect. And if we're going to sum it up, you, the microcosm, always reflects the macrocosm. Whether we're looking at individual circuitry, like the nodes are transiting, that one and two, that's part of this individual knowing circuitry. It's very identity focused. It's mutative. It's strange. It's innovative. And then we have this gate 59, And we can see again, despite the fact that there's no identity center in the tribal circuitry, we're still impacting each other. So let's look specifically on some of the planets that make up the focus. Venus, again, are values, right? Those might be aesthetic values. They might be energetic values. They might be values that we literally embody. Regardless, as we look at Venus and love and beauty and eros, and the values we hold around social interactions and romantic interactions and attraction. As we look at those themes, we're looking at the movement of Venus between the gate 29, which is called the abysmal, the Leo-ruled gate of commitment, a sensing circuitry gate that wants us to have experiences. Here, Venus is in detriment. Now, let's not get all judgy and be like, ugh, this is bad. But Instead, let's look at how there's a sort of incongruence. There's a directness here that can often feel crude, right? Think about like when people have tact and they share something and they do it in a tactful way and your defenses don't go up because you're like, oh, this feels kind of like harmony. It's a little uncomfortable, but it's harmonious. There's kind of an equilibrium here as opposed to when someone shares something so directly that it feels crude and you feel your body go, (gasps) well, Venus, the planet of Eros, of erotic energy, of embodiment of values, doesn't, it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't feel at home in this gate 29 because it's like, whoa, this is a little crude. Sometimes it's a little overcommitting and it can even get confusing. Now, these are the last degrees of Leo. So we're closing out the chapter where really self-expression and this kind of fiery energy of the theatrics of life being the expression of love, and we're transiting into a little bit different of an energy. But yet, think about the gate 59, right? We're just talking about how the gate 59 is the gate of sexuality. In the I Ching, it's called dispersion. We disperse our seed. We disperse the seed of our creative ideas. So you can almost see how this Leo-Venus energy feeds beautifully into this Venus 
Virgo energy. So on Monday the 5th, Venus sashays into Virgo with maybe some hypervigilance, bringing our awareness to those themes of sexuality. And that can, again, be literal sexuality or it can be metaphorical sexual energy, which is creativity. Now, this might feel like a little bit of a review as Venus transits through this gate because, again, right around August 22nd, 23rd, when Virgo season started, the sun was illuminating this energy. So, again, we get the energy of review. Now, Venus is not going to be retrograde, but it is moving through a gate that we just got lit up by the sun. The spotlight was on this gate. So really notice how this comes up again. Now, adding to the focus, we have the moon and the moon, which will be full on September 10th in the sign of Pisces sitting across from the sun, getting full on illuminated. The moon is going to be transiting this week through the kind of interpersonal archetypes of the zodiacal wheel. It's going to illuminate themes of Sagittarius. What are we learning? What are we learning here? Then Capricorn, what are we doing with what we are learning? And then Aquarius, how is it that what we are doing is impacting our community, impacting our collective, impacting our sphere of influence? And then into Pisces, where it will be full, and that's where we get to ask ourselves, how does the dynamic of what we are learning, what we are receptive to, and how we apply that, our creativity, how does it weave us into the boundless whole? How does it connect us to the magic, to the field, to the source, to the spirit, to the whole, to the dream, to the illusion? Really Great time to tune into your dreams. Great time to tune into some of the subtleties, the synchronicities, the cosmic winks. Okay, now Saturn has not moved very much from last week. It is still moving through the gate 49, the gate of rejection. And what we want to remember about this gate of rejection, also called the gate of revolution in the I Ching, is that this is an energy that gives us an awareness. It's an emotional awareness. It's a tribal energy. And it gives us an awareness of, hey, what are our values? Who is embodying our values with us? And how is that feeling to be around those people and to resource those people or share resource with those people? And again, this is a tribal energy. So it's very, very survival oriented, despite the fact that it is looking at community right? This was the one last week we talked about a kind of sense of demanding obedience. And so again, can we see how, yes, we share resources, but can we also see how influence is a resource and how it's not a one-way street? It's a roundabout to repeat what we said earlier. Now, in other focus, we move from looking at Venus, the moon, and Saturn, kind of bringing our attention to the focus, right? So we might say, hey, look, the focus has been and will be for this upcoming week, these themes of interpersonal influence, values, um, sharing of ideas and creativity, whether that's literal, physical, sexual energy, or more of a metaphorical creative energy. And then as we have that focus, how we're going to be communicating about that focus, 
is under the influence of Mercury, Mars, and Jupiter. And so let's look at some of these Mercurian themes, these Jupiter themes, and these themes that, you know, the kind of energetic dynamic that Mars conditions us through. Now, again, like I said, super logical, super logical. What I want to bring here is that logic is innately skeptical and it's also argumentative. The key to moving through this information, this influence gracefully, is don't take this energy personal. If someone is questioning what you're saying, don't take it personal. If you're listening to this right now and you can kind of feel yourself intellectualizing and you're you're not taking it as fact, you're kind of like, oh, I'm not really sure about this, great. It's great to question. In fact, as you listen to this, I invite you to question. After all, the sun and earth are about to be in those questioning gates. So it's not about you. The communication this week, it's not about you. It ain't about you. It's about truth. It's about arriving at truth through questioning. And what we are learning here as we see our interconnectedness and the fact that everybody is, yes, alive on this earth right now and having wildly different experiences based on not just the experiences themselves, but also the perception, the frequency that we are in as we have said experiences. Okay. So this week, we're seeing that there are many truths and that's a part of the logical circuitry. We can hold the facts and we can hold the formulas and we can hold the formulas as possibilities for solutions, all of which are legitimate, but also temporary and also could be existing parallel to other formulas, other solutions at the same time. Logical energy is forward thinking and it's always trying to find new information to add to the equation, to the formula so that it can change, so that it can be improved. So let's look at Mercury. Mercury, which is influencing our intellect, how we kind of take in information and how we communicate, the messenger, is moving through still the gate 18. It's a splenic gate. What what does that gate do? It, It asks us to correct. It asks us to work on what has been spoiled. Now, again, this is an energy that we all want to remember to not take personally. See this as a logical energy. If someone's communicating to you and it feels sharp and it feels pressurized because they're like, yo, we've got to fix this. We've got to change this. It's not about you. It's logic. Okay. And logic isn't always correct, but usually it has a formula behind it. The best way to deliver this information, if you are the one doing the communicating, is to ask probing questions. Ask questions that imply that you know something, what you know might be of value. Asking questions makes it so that people won't put their defenses up and instead allows them to self-reflect. And after all, we're not just communicating to communicate, right? We want to get our point across. We want to help. We want to serve the whole. And so if you can ask questions as a way to deliver what you are perceiving can be corrected, that's going to allow people to stay open to what you have to say. Now, Mars, which conditions our energy dynamics, is conditioning them with enthusiasm It is making its way through the gate 16. And as it does, it's asking us to experiment. Get experimental. Experiment with what you know. Experiment with how you do it. And as you do this experimenting, notice how you develop skill. 
Notice how you develop skill. And this is where, you know, this is a Gemini ruled gate. Mars is going to be in Gemini for some time. And this gate says, I approve. Or, of course, because we are looking at a binary-based system here, I approve or I disapprove. And again, a logical energy. If I say I disapprove of this system of human design, that doesn't mean that the system of human design is nullified. This is my opinion based on the experimentation that I've done. Now, obviously, I very much approve of human design based on the experimentation that I have done, which after all, human design is an experiment. What we want to look at here is let's not delude ourselves. Okay, let's not just take things as fact and be gullible. Let's experiment for ourselves. Let's experiment for ourselves that we can have experiences that enrich us and that allow us to be receptive to said experience so that we can then create from there. The beautiful, beautiful interconnectedness. Now, Jupiter, also kind of tonifying how we are communicating this week, Jupiter has still sitting in the gate 17. This is the gate of opinions. And as it continues to transit through this energy, it's pressing the edges of our logic. It's pressing the edges of how we form opinions. And what you might notice here is that opinions are not definitive, right? Opinions are not facts. Sure, they might be based on facts, but facts are also ever-changing, now, if you are someone who has the gate 62, what you'll notice is that you might really feel pressed to share your opinions. And so if you are feeling pressed to share your opinions through this Jupiter transit, note that often opinions are best delivered when you don't try to be all factual about them, but instead you contextualize what you're saying with the nuance and the detail of your experience. Yes? Okay, so <laughs> communication is looking pretty logical this week. And again, don't take it personal. Now, what are we learning as we move through these logical communication themes and as we transit through the north and south node that are bringing our attention to being receptive so that we can be creative? What are we learning? What are we learning as we ask questions and learn to stoke the fire of inspiration by asking questions? Well, what we're learning is a lot of review. Like I said at the beginning, we are in a time space where there are immense amount of planets retrograde. So expect to be in review. This doesn't mean you need to be hypervigilant. This means you need to be present. It's a lot of individual energy and sensing energy. So Neptune, again, illusion, dreams, projection. Neptune is Piscean. It's like the mists, right? It's kind of hard to tell what's there. You can kind of sense it. It's dreamy. It's still moving through the Piscean gate of crisis. Okay, now if you're like, oh, great, <laughs> crisis. Just remember, like we talked about last week, crisis is not an end point. Crisis is part of the cycle of experiencing, right? That low, that moving down into the depths allows us to really appreciate the light when we get there. 
But what we don't want to do is focus on, oh, when we get there, when we get there, when we get there. Instead, we want to be receptive to the energy of the crisis. Be receptive to the darkening of the light. Be receptive to where you are presently at. Breathe into as hard as it can be. And obviously it's quite easy for me to say this standing here in the comfort of my home. But be receptive to the energy of whatever is happening for you. Because it will feed your creativity when you come to the surface and you go, oh, I can breathe again. Now, Uranus is moving through Taurus and it has been for some time now. And, you know, Uranus right now is in the gate 23, which we talked about a bit last week, but it's retrograde. So instead of moving forward, it's now moving back. And by the end of the week, it will be in the two. The gate 23 is the gate of splitting apart. It's all about this throat center energy of being able to break something into small pieces and then explain it, right? Assimilating and explaining. But that transit, because Uranus is now moving backwards, it's moving from the gate 23 in the first line into the gate 2 in the sixth line. Now, this is where the north node is sitting, a couple of lines apart, but same gate. So we get Uranus, this electricity, this impulse, this breaker of the chains, the Daenerys Tar- Targaryen? Daenerys Car- Targaryen? Wow, didn't plan to say that. Of planets coming in, shifting, shifting back into the gate two, sitting there next to the north node. The north node's the direction we're heading. Now, I want to just contextualize this, right? You're like, Alyssa, why are you talking about Game of Thrones? I have no idea. I'm just talking. Often, Uranus is associated with the myth of Prometheus. And Prometheus is the Greek figure who brought fire down from the heavens, delivering us humans into what then became a you know, catalyzing factor for our evolution, right? We got fire. And in getting fire, we got to break away from all we had ever known and evolve. What did fire do? It let us stay warm, but it also allowed us to have access to information that we were not receptive to before because we couldn't digest and absorb it the same way. Oh, are we going back again to themes of the North and South node? (laughs) Yes, we are. So it's not that Uranus is associated with fire, but it is associated with the Promethean impulse, the impulse to say, fuck it to the homogenized structures. Prometheus, you know, oh, I'm taking fire from the heavens and I'm going to give it to these humans. I'm going to see what happens here. To break away from the homogenized structures and to say, fuck yes, to going our own way. Daenerys, right? So the gate two, the receptive, which represents our unique direction, our individual direction, the unique individual way we are here to go, the gate two, the gate of the receptive, it's an energy that is coaxing us toward our higher self. And yes, that self can never be separate from other, but what we want to look at here is that as Uranus transits through the gate two, along with the north node, not only are we being pulled to the higher self, pulled to shift our perception, but we're also being pulled to shift our perception away from homogenized structures 
and into the uniqueness of our own experience. I would call this deconditioning. And right now it's a little bit impulsive. We're going, yeah, you know, I've got to jump. I've got to bring the fire down. I've got to change it up. I've got to break the chains. I've got to go my own way. Damn, I'm going to step into my individual genius and how I perceive the world. And whoa, all of a sudden I can feel my heart and I can feel the resonance of my heart with everything around me. Hmm, this feels like interconnectedness. This feels like I'm becoming receptive to the field. And in becoming receptive to the field, I can breathe again. And in breathing again, oh baby, I am now receptive to an immense amount of information in my environment, in my community. And not only is that going to magnetize me, toward the correct direction for me, it's also going to feed me. It's going to feed my creativities, my creativity, what I create. So you can see how this cosmic dance is really beautifully happening. And if you are feeling these things, great. And if you are like, Alyssa, I do not know what on earth you are talking about. I just really like the sound of your voice. I'm listening. Great. It's all great. It's all perfect. And we'll know that if we can tune in to what the gate two wants us to, to tune into. We'll know that it's all perfect if we can tune into what the gate two, the gate of the receptive, wants us to tune into. Which is an openness, a receptivity. An interconnectedness that will orient us not just to our own direction but to the perfection of what it means to be living, breathing consciousness in a human body. So let's leave it there. Highly suggest if you are not already doing this, tune in, listen, listen with an open mind. This is not definitive. This is subtle. This is subtle. This is that moment where you're standing outside and the wind blows on your very subtly opening you up to the sensation that there's air that you are standing in, breathing. And now it's moving across your skin and your skin becomes erect with goosebumps. These are the subtleties of the transits that we are under the influence of.